0: Here comes the next financial crisis. For that, we turn to Nomi Prins. She's the author of six books, including All the President's Bankers. And her writing has been featured in The New York Times, Mother Jones, The Guardian, Tom Dispatch, and The Nation, among others. Nomi Prins, welcome. Thank you so much. Well, Trump for months has been taking credit for the stock market going up. and Of course, there's nothing surprising about Wall Street being happy with lower taxes and less regulation. But this week, the stock market went down. Does Trump get credit for that, too?
1: <laughs> well, Trump has been surprisingly tweet quiet since the stock market went down by about 2,000 points between Thursday and um, And Monday, I think he, uh, you know, there are things that might actually shut him down for a minute. He's not taking credit for the downside. He did certainly take credit for the upside. And if the markets go back up, I'm sure he will be back again to take credit. Um, But the reality is, uh, the markets are indicative of not the real economy, but but the level of capital that's available for the most part. Um, to the speculative classes, I mean, there there is a percentage of other types of citizens who have some money in it. But for the most part, the bigger movements tend to happen because there's capital available to the more speculative groups of of companies and um, individuals and so forth. And that that's what has been pushing the stock market up high, not just under Trump, um, but also President Obama since the financial crisis in 2007-2008.
0: So, the stock market goes up and down. What's the scenario for the next big crash? How might it start? What might it look like?
1: So, here's what happened since the financial crisis. Um, The Federal Reserve stepped in and ensured that rates, interest rates, got down to zero. Um, And that was predominantly, although it was termed as, to be helpful to the real economy. In reality, um, it was the largest private banks that have regular access to the cheapest money. So if rates are zero, they pretty much have access to 0% interest rate money. Um, They turn around and of course uh, don't use that same um, lower level for, you know, providing mortgages, I mean, of course, they did lower to some extent, or providing credit card um, interest rates being lower and so forth. What they tend to do um, is use it for speculative purposes. And so the availability of what turned out to be $4.5 trillion worth of cash from the Federal Reserve ultimately went into the markets. It wasn't just the Federal Reserve, which was the U.S. central bank, it was a global coordination of major central banks that did the same thing. So global capital money was rendered very cheap by central banks. They added additional cash into the system because they just manufactured it. And all of that had the result of giving the largest banks and the largest corporations money to spend, which they did on their own shares and in the stock market. So the unraveling of that is how you get the next financial crash. If the money in the stock market has come to the market by artificial uh, collaboration and different types of means, then that money isn't – it's not real. Um, It's not long-term. It is temporary. Um, The other pillar of what happened that didn't just put that artificial money into the stock markets was that we created – Um, i.e. we the powers that be created a tremendous debt bubble so both in public debt and the debt that governments issue in order to supposedly finance their economies but in this case it went towards um, basically weighing down Um, corporations who borrowed it cheaply, the bigger you are, the cheaper you get money. Whether you are a bank or whether you are GE or whether you are Apple, it's easier to borrow money more cheaply when it is available if you are bigger. So all of those companies, as well as governments, borrowed money at these cheap rates, so that created a debt bubble. A financial crisis tends to start with a debt bubble popping, and then it very quickly moves on to a stock bubble popping, and stock markets tend to go down more quickly from higher heights um, than debt does simply because they, they, they trade more quickly. It's, it's, it's a lot easier to buy and sell stock than sometimes it is to buy and sell bonds. And so the financial crisis that would happen is because all of this starts to unravel because in reality um, it wasn't based on real growth or real investment um, or real solid foundational economics.
0: We have a bunch of government regulatory institutions whose purpose is to protect us from the unraveling that you're describing. Let's talk about the safeguards and how they are supposed to work.
1: So in theory, the Federal Reserve, which I just spoke about having basically plenished the banking system, which then created all this debt and stock bubbles around it, is supposed to, as one of its day jobs, regulate the banking system. Technically, it was created, or at least some of the language was created, to enable it to have that supreme regulatory power over the banks. In practice, what has happened, not least because it was created um, to help the biggest banks when it was um, established in 1913 by the Federal Reserve Act, is that it tends to not be able to do that very well. So when we had the financial crisis in 2007, 2008, the Fed was completely asleep at that wheel. In fact, Ben Bernanke, who was the chairman of the Federal Reserve at the time, um, was going about saying that the housing problems that were basically visible to, to any really good journalist or economist who was paying attention to the figures, that actually were also... In the books of the Federal Reserve, so these were not even secretive figures, there were problems in the housing industry, which meant there were problems in the assets that the banks created on the back of the housing industry's mortgages, which they basically proliferated throughout the world and when those fell, the whole the whole market crashed. Um, the Fed wasn't good at noticing that, it wasn't good at doing anything about it. Um, and this time's no different. The the only difference is is that instead of dealing just with mortgage related securities at the residential level, people's mortgages, um, there's much more commercial mortgage problems that will be coming in because of all of this cheap borrowing and because commercial borrowers were able to borrow um, more and at better rates than at this time around individuals could. And also, that these corporate bubbles and these government bubbles, which I was speaking about before, the Fed is supposed to be watching that and it's supposed to um, be able to regulate the banks that are involved in that. The other institutions or entities in Washington that are supposed to be looking at this stuff are the Securities and Exchange Commission, um, whose job it is, among other things, to ensure that the securities that trade in the public marketplace which are related to banks and major corporations and anyone who is able to trade their stocks or their debt in the corporate marketplace are not imbued with fraud Um, so instead of what happened in the wake of the last financial crisis uh, of finding all of these institutions after the fact, after they've committed the fraud, technically the SEC is supposed to be ahead of that game and to watch for things that will um, accumulate. Um, the other sort of newer institutions or entities are the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, which was created in the wake of the financial crisis of 2007 2008 um, under the Dodd Frank Act of 2010. Um, that was a big push by Elizabeth Warren and other senators who thought it would be good. Even though technically this was part of the Federal Reserve's job to watch to make sure the banks were regulated properly so that they didn't screw over actual consumers and people, that there should be a separate entity, um, and it is in fact funded under the Federal Reserve's umbrella, that would specifically watch for problems that could hurt consumers or also um, help to navigate problems that already occurred against consumers and help to get some of their money back. Um, So those are some of the entities that exist that are supposed to be protecting us um, and the economy in general from reckless banking and other types of market behavior.
0: So what we've seen in the last week is uh, just a little hint of how fragile the markets can be. Nevertheless, Trump's deregulation is going full speed ahead. Uh, How fragile are the markets at this point, do you think?
1: Well, given the fact that a lot of the growth, um, or what I think is the bubble filling um, of the markets, has taken place on the back of artificial means, on the facts, on the back of these central banks um, working to ensure that there's enough cheap money for the, the financial system and its, you know, sort of corporate clients to, to exist and to uh, buy their own stock and issue more debt and all the things that create a bubble, um, that's not an inherently stable market situation. That's not the same as, um, as as real growth. It's not the same as a company growing because it's investing in its people or it's building, um, you know, a new plan or there's infrastructure development happening um, or, or that sort of thing. And so it's not an inherently stable environment. So if you add that, Um, To, For example, what's happening with the Trump administration, which are all the entities that are supposed to be monitoring um, or regulating or ensuring the stability, the safety of the entire system for the rest of us, um, are are wanting to instead dismantle whatever rules currently exist. And so that every person who Trump has appointed um, and the Senate has approved um, to run these different areas is a self-proclaimed deregulator. Um, who, who doesn't want to have more rules for banks, but but to have less? Um, you know, Stephen Mnuchin, who is the Treasury Secretary, want, well has gotten rid of, um, for example, certain reporting requirements just to for us to know what's going on with some of the more systemically um, you know risky types of institutions in the mix, and so they're not really trying to. Um, and gender safety around the system they're trying to do exactly the opposite so if you if you add an unstable system that has been artificially stimulated um, to a pack of people whose, whose job it is to ensure stability but who are doing the exact opposite um, in total dogma then and and have the the power to um, to affect those sorts of of changes um, so does congress but it depends on the entity that they're in charge of whether things go through congress or doesn't um, that that becomes a just toxic Sort of mess.
0: One last thing. You had an interesting life before you became a journalist. Tell us about that.
1: <laughs> well, I actually worked at, at four of the m- biggest banks in the world, two of which actually no longer exist um, Lehman Brothers and Bear Stearns, uh, which went belly up during the financial crisis, were not saved by their relationships with Washington. Um, People in Washington, for example, Hank Paulson, who had been the CEO and chairman of another bank I worked for, a little institution called Goldman Sachs, um, was in Washington helping to save Goldman Sachs. um, And J.P. Morgan Chase, for example, I had started work um, in my career on Wall Street at Chase um, when I was 19 out of college. And so I kind of did the gamut of the larger um, investment bank and commercial bank institutions um, before Glass-Steagall was repealed, during, after, when the euro was created, um, basically throughout all of um, a really interesting time uh, of just financial change in the world and sort of the power um, increase of these institutions. And then I quit um, around the time when there was a lot, of, well, after 9-11. Um, and, uh, and now I've been using that. Uh, you know, towards towards journalism and, and, and writing books and, um, you know, hopefully illuminating the sort of dark side of the financial system for, for people that, you know, didn't necessarily have that experience on the ground.
0: Nomi Prins on the dark side. Her new piece at TheNation.com is titled Here Comes the Next Financial Crisis. Trump's deregulators are setting the economy on fire. Nomi, thanks so much for talking with us today.